So if you've been here, you will know that our series that we've been doing, and it's the last one tonight, has been Reach. Um, if you want to listen to the, I don't know if you can listen to them. You can? You can listen to the service, the, what do you call it, on the app. So if you miss them and you want to catch up, you could go ahead, listen to it. So we all have a Raki, right? <laughs> a rubber band. Um, so I want you to shoot it, but only, it only has to go like two feet. So shoot your Raki, but like two feet. Shannon, you're going to shoot me. <laughs> two feet. Like, go ahead and shoot it, but it should only go two feet. Let me see. Oh, that's too far, Mr. Paul. Anybody got it like two feet? How far is two feet? One foot, two foot. Like, swear. All right, all right. So, what do we normally do with rackies? We shoot it far, right? Because then they reach their full potential. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm going to shoot my finger. No, I'm going to shoot my face. <laughs> All right. So what needs to happen with your raki if you want to shoot it far? You have to stretch it. <laughs> you have to stretch it, right? And the same with our lives. If we want to reach everything that God has planned for us, our full potential, we have to allow some stretching in our lives. And um, that's not a, a great thing if you know something about stretching. If you've ever been pregnant... You will know that stretching is not fun because your stomach stretches, you know. Anyway, moving along. All right, so the word, <laughs> the word reach, that's our sermon series name, um, denotes some stretching towards achieving and growing and um, many times also speak about learning and gaining understanding and wisdom, right? So tonight we are speaking about Reaching our full portion, reaching our full portion in God. Y'all come on in and find a seat. So <clears throat> if you have your Bible with you or on your phone, you can go to Ephesians 3 verse 20 with me. It's on the screen. I'll read it to you. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So that just tells us that God has so much planned for us, more than we could ever dream. Do you think good things about yourself or for your future? Dream good dreams for your future? I do. And um, this just shows me that God has way more planned for me than I could even dream about. And that's kind of challenging, <laughs> you know, because I ask myself, do I actually believe that? <clears throat> but, uh, that's what God's word says, and if his word said it, then that is his will for my life. Now, have you ever been or been exposed to like just a lot of doom and gloom, like a lot of negativity where people will say things like, you know, the world is just going, I don't know where the world is going, you know, or uh, discussions about everything's so expensive, um, there's, there's so many problems in the world, especially the young people. You know, if you see the young people, these days, young people, they are just up to no good. Have you ever been part of such conversations or heard older people speak about stuff like that? And, um, or just about in conversations that are very negative. I've been a part of them, been next to them a lot. And then, you, uh, you know, you're not always sure how to respond. Like, do you, 
just walk away or do you like go in there or say something? But there's a lot of negative um, negativity going around. But I want to share with you something different tonight. I want to uh, share with you what I believe that there's a lot of good in store for us if we serve God. There is a lot of hope. Sorry, it's so friggin' hard here. Um, so if we uh, are able to live in this world but not live like this world, then we, have an, we do have the advantage. So no matter how tough things go around us, we have the advantage of God and his word in our lives. And if we apply it, then we will be able to see um, how we can have a different outcome than what the world is saying. I know you know this scripture is from Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Have you heard that before? For those who are called according to his purpose. So it says everything, all things, good and bad, works together for our good. And many times I, you only kind of read good. You know, all things, all good things work together for, for me. But it says all things. So tonight I want to discuss four aspects that will keep you in the race for receiving your full portion for what God wants to do in and through you. So the first point is seasons. You know, we all go through different seasons in life. Have you experienced different seasons in your life? And each season is ordained by God and has a purpose for your development and preparation for what God wants you to accomplish in his kingdom. Now, the biggest mistake we make as people is we wish ourselves out of a season. Like you wish you were in a different season. Have you done that before? Oh, many times. You're in school, you wish you were done with school. You're in pre-K, you wish you were a senior. You were, you're a senior, you wish you were already done with your studies. You are done with your studies, you wish you had a better job. Like always just wishing for the, this season, the one I'm currently in, for it to be done so I can be in the next season. Um, and what happens is if we live like that, we close our hearts to what God wants to do in our lives in that season. Because all we're doing is wishing this season away. And, you know, every season has a goal to reach and a training to prepare you for the next. And if I miss what God wants to do in me in this season, I won't be prepared for the next season. And you'll probably go through that same training process again because you didn't learn what you're supposed to learn for the next season. You didn't grow. And um, so don't despise the season that you're in. Don't wish it away. Man, that's good. <laughs> So when the prophet Samuel, do you know of Samuel? Have you heard of Samuel before? In the Old Testament, God told Samuel to go anoint the new king. So Saul was king. That was the first king of Israel. And he said, okay, it's time to anoint. God said, it's time to anoint a new king. And he told Samuel to go to a guy's house. The guy's name was Jesse. He had a lot of sons. And he went there and Jesse called all his sons. And um, Samuel didn't feel that God said one of these guys in front of him is going to be the next king of Israel. So he said, uh, do you maybe have another son? <laughs> Just imagine there's like a lot of boys standing there and he's like, you maybe have another one <laughs> hidden somewhere. And uh, you know what? This is how it goes. He says, all, are these all your sons, all the sons you have? And then Jesse said, they're still the youngest one. Jesse answered, he's tending the sheep. So he's watching the sheep. Samuel told Jesse, send someone to get him. We won't continue until he gets here. 
So David had been appointed the, the shepherd's boy of the family. I'm so thankful we don't have sheep so that none of my children have to be the shepherd person. Um, but so he wasn't even recognized as important enough for his dad to say, hey, you have to be at this meeting where God wants to ordain one of my sons as king. He wasn't even important enough in his father's eyes to be invited to this meeting. And, um, but yet, David didn't mind. He was just faithfully watching the sheep. He was humble in doing what he was appointed to do. And uh, he made good use of the season that he was in. And he excelled in his task. Now, last week, we did share a little bit about how he developed some skills, you know, that related to his task, like protecting sheep. You know, he sharpened those skills, protecting the sheep and himself, and also in an area that he just enjoyed. He liked um, playing the harp. Have you ever played the harp? Have you even seen a harp? <laughs> right. What's that? It's a musical instrument. But so he did something he enjoyed, playing a musical instrument and worshiping God. So he did two things. He developed himself with the skills that his season like, allowed for, and then something he did chose himself, something he enjoyed. So God anointed and appointed David as king. But you know what? He seasoned it and shifted way later. That day when Samuel said, here's some oil, you're going to be the next king of Israel, there was just one problem. Israel still had a king. So much later in the chapter, you'll see that David had to go back to the sheep. He didn't just become the king. Um, 1 Samuel 16 verse 13 says, Samuel took the flask of olive oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. The Lord's Spirit came over David and stayed with him from that day on. And then Samuel left for Ramah. So I want you to pair up, get a partner. You need a, uh, someone to speak to, but just be two people. Otherwise, it's going to take too long. So just get someone so we can see if there's anybody who needs a partner. Show me if you need a partner by raise of hands. It's a... I think they need, they need you, Nat. You gonna go with Taylor or someone? Thanks. Okay. All right, everybody has a partner? No. You don't have a partner? You don't need one? Ah, you'll be, you just got a partner, good. All right, so there's some questions up there that I want you to look at. And I want you to, not long, but just shortly discuss them. The first one is, what season are you in? What is your current season? And then what skills are you developing in this season because of the season that you're in? Like David, you know, he learned how to protect the sheep. So what are the skills that you are learning? And then what are some skills that you can develop that you enjoy? What is something that you enjoy that you haven't started developing a skill in? So don't be long, but um, go ahead and discuss that quickly. So just to remind you all, we're speaking about four things that will help you receive your full portion in God, to reach for your full portion in God. So if you're forgetting what we're speaking about. And then number two, so the first one was, what was the first point? Season, right, good. I'm glad you're listening. And then, because <laughs> I forgot. And then number two is serving. Um, now David understood that serving faithfully where he was appointed was all that he needed to do to walk in God's will. So he was appointed to do something, and he had just had to serve faithfully. 
And um, so he served with all his might. You know, he served with ownership and responsibility. And he put himself on the line to be successful at serving his family. I mean, he did some pretty radical things protecting those sheep. I don't know if I would go all out like him. I don't, I, I, I'm like, you pick your, you know, have your pick. Pick a sheep, lion. And pick a sheep, you know, bear. Just leave me alone. So, I don't know. But he was successful at serving his family, and that willingness was preparing him for his next season. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32 said, David told Saul, no one should be discouraged because of this. I will go and fight this Philistine. So, David saw no difference in putting himself on the line for God's people um, than what he was been doing all this time for his father and the sheep. So, it was the same thing, just serving faithfully, um, no matter where, no matter what. Uh, just further, that piece of scripture in First Samuel says, David replied to Saul, I'm a shepherd for my father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. Good grief. He already had the sheep. <laughs> he was like, no, you come back. <laughs> Give me that thing. He struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. <laughs> just imagine that. Um, if it attacked me, I took hold of its mane, struck it, and killed it. I've killed lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has challenged the army of the living God. David added, the Lord who saved me from the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. Go, Saul told David, and may the Lord be with you. So, just to be clear, David never tried to take the throne from Saul. He served his way into that throne. Even when the opportunity arose, it came to take Saul's life, he remained faithful um, to his season and kept serving the best as he could and as best as the circumstances would allow. So serving faithfully will help you reach your full portion in God. Wherever you are planted, wherever the opportunity is, if you serve faithfully, you will, this will help you to reach your full portion in God. And we know that serving isn't something that you are paid for. It's not your job. That's not serving. That's doing your job. <laughs> it's something that you do not get paid for and something you are not expected to do. So with your same partner, you can discuss these two questions. Where are you currently serving? And if you are not serving, where do you think you can start to serve? I mean, there's many places to serve. You go ahead. So if you couldn't answer that second question, you don't know where to serve, we can definitely help you find a spot where you can serve. There's a, a lot of opportunity here at the evening service, but there's more than just this. Um, we have some other great opportunities that you can get involved in. So if you couldn't answer that question and you realize that you need to find a spot where you can serve, come speak to us. Come speak to me or JJ or Natalie or Gabe. We'd love to help you find a spot where you enjoy also a place where you can serve. and Because, you know, it's when we start to serve, we realize that there's more to life than just me. All right, let's go over to point number three. So before David killed Goliath, Saul sent uh, for David. You know, he said, he asked David to come and play his harp, um, his musical instrument. So the thing he loved, the thing he practiced while he was watching the sheep, the king called for him and asked him to come play the harp when he felt tormented, um, Saul. And in this season, David served the king 
and his father. So my point number three is called suffering. So I think David had a, a quite the challenging, challenging situation going on. Um, I want to read to you 1 Samuel 16. It says, Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. David came to Saul and served him. And Saul loved him very much and made David his armor bearer. Saul sent this message to Jesse. Please let David stay with me because I've grown fond of him. Now, I think this was a very challenging season because he was serving the king, but he also had some responsibilities with the sheep, you know. But however difficult, he stayed faithful and he served well. And the more I thought about it, I think he also had to take some thoughts captive while in the season. Because remember, he was anointed king. God said that he's going to be the next king of Israel. So I can just imagine how many thoughts came his way to tell him, like, so when's it going to happen? You know, why is Saul still king? He's not even a good king. You know, he had to take some thoughts captive in, those, in that time, and I think it was a, a trying season for him. And you know what happened next? Even he did everything right. He killed Goliath. That was quite something big for the Israelites. He killed Goliath, and then everything turned against him. And it shifted into a season in his life to be persecuted. I think he probably thought, man, this is it. I'm going to, after Goliath was dead. And I imagine myself thinking, all right, I think I'm getting close. I'm getting close to being king. I killed this giant. Everybody saw. He never said that. But I'm just, you know, thinking he was human too, right? Um, but then his season turned into a season of persecution and suffering. Um, 1 Samuel 18, the next day, an evil spirit from God seized Saul. He began to prophesy in his house while David, David um, strummed a tune on the lure as he did every day. Now Saul had a spear in his hand. He raised his spear and thought, I'll nail David to the wall. But David got away from him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. You know, and the reality is that sometimes we'll go through hard seasons, tough seasons. But God encourages us to stick it out, especially when it's hard. And one thing we have learned is that in those hard seasons, and I've said this a few times, that that is always an invitation to intimacy with God. Whenever a challenge comes your way, you can decide to run towards God or you can decide to run away from Him. But that is always an invitation for you to grow in your relationship with Him. James 1 verse 2 says, My brothers and sisters, be very happy when you are tested in different ways. You know that such testing of your faith produces endurance, endurance until your testing is over. Then you will be mature and complete and you won't need anything. You know, sometimes you feel like you just want to take a Sharpie and like scratch out that very happy. I can think of other words to put in there. <laughs> um, but David was asked to go serve the king um, that he was meant to replace. And that just shortly after Saul got jealous and he tried to kill David. <laughs> and this led to a season of many years for David uh, fleeing, like running away from the, the king that loved him, that he served so faithfully. And uh, he had to, like, literally duck and die for his life a few times. And, uh, but he stayed faithful to God. And in that time, he even had an opportunity to kill Saul, but he didn't. He stayed faithful, and he just continued to pursue God. And if you read through Psalms, you'll see how David pursued God in that time. 
And uh, I've seen this many times. If I can just stay faithful in serving God in the hard seasons, in the trying seasons, when I feel like I'm suffering, if I could just keep on going, pursuing God, then in the end, that verse is true, that it will work out for my good. I mean, there's so many stories that I could tell you. Um, I don't know which one. We don't have a lot of time, but just moving to, the, to America, there was, it was a hard season. Like, we were excited to come, but it was a hard season. It was, um, we had to sell all our stuff. We had to trust God for enough finances to come. We had a business that we had to sell. We had a house that we had to sell. And um, things kind of moved quickly. And we were excited about it, you know, like David killed Goliath. And then um, our house sold, and then we didn't have visas yet. So, yay, our house sold, but we don't have any place to live. <laughs> um, and we are, like, not single with one bag. We are six people with 18 bags. Um, so that's different, right? It's not just like, can I come crash on your, crash on your couch? It's like, you have six couches, <laughs> and you have space for all our stuff. Um, and just how, the, how long it took for our business deal to go through. And just through that season, we lost a lot of money. And it was a suffering season. It was tough. But we just had to pursue God and trust Him that it will work out in the end. And um, it did. Everything that we lost in that season financially, JJ loves doing calculations like this. I, I don't, but he does. Um, and he's done that calculation. We have gotten everything back everything that we lost. And in that moment of losing those things, it feels like death, right? It feels like suffering. But if we continue pursuing God, we will see how it works out for our good in the end. And it did. And uh, all right, I won't share this next story. Just quickly with your, your partner, have you seen this played out in your life where you went through a, a tough season but how it turned out in the end, if you were, when you were faithful and serving and pursuing God. And um, if not, maybe you're in such a season right now and you can explain that shortly. And then I want you to take just one minute to pray for each other if your partner is going through a tough season, a season of suffering at the moment. All right, if you're still busy, you can just finish up. So lastly, number four. The fourth thing that will help you reach a full portion in God is satisfaction. One of David's secrets in all of this is found in Psalm 16, verse 5. It says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. And you know what? Because of David, found, he found his satisfaction in God and not in his success or in his comfort or his position. He was able to stay focused and obedient and patient. And he, that allowed God to move in him so that he can receive his full portion. So my question to you tonight is one of the many, is what satisfies you? 1 Timothy 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So whatever satisfies you will drive you. You know, if it's money, then materialism will drive you. If it's position, then power will drive you. I mean, you can put so many things in that sentence. 
If it's God, then contentment will drive you. David found his satisfaction in God. And that led to gaining the throne and his full portion. Eventually, if you don't know the end of the story, David did become king. And he was a great king. Not without faults and mistakes, but he was a great king. So why don't you just close your eyes for a second. And um, while everybody's eyes are closed, I want to ask you, have you found your satisfaction in God? So ask yourself, have I found my satisfaction in God? If you don't know how to answer that, maybe ask yourself, in what am I finding my satisfaction? And those things that popped up in your mind, that's probably what you, where you find your satisfaction. I want to give you an opportunity tonight to just say, you know what, God, I would love to find my satisfaction in you. I no longer want to find it in all these other things, in, in my studies, in my, in my money, in my abilities, in my friends. And why don't you just lay down all those things in front of God in your own way. You could just pray a prayer. Just by a show of hand, if you decided tonight that you want to find your satisfaction in God and no longer in other things, just raise your hand just to show God that is me. I'm choosing you, God. You can put it down. And then I would love to pray with you if you find yourself in a hard season and you feel like giving up. You feel like this season has been so long and I'm so tired. If that is you, why don't you just raise your hand so we can pray with you. So at this point, I want you to keep your hand raised. And I want, if your hand's not raised, to open your eyes and just go to someone who has their hand raised. So just keep your hand up till someone comes to you. So if your hand's not raised, why don't you just get out of your seat and go to someone who raised their hand. If you need prayer, just keep your hand raised until someone comes. You can just ask the person if you want to, if that person wants to share something. Otherwise, just pray. You can pray in the Holy Spirit, and you can just pray just for a, a spirit of encouragement, a spirit of faith to rise up in that person, for them to be able to hear God's voice clearly, whatever God leads you to pray.
Thank you, Lord, that you see every person who had their hand raised. Father, we just pray now that you would come and meet them right where they're at. Lord, thank you that you are a God of love and of comfort and of grace. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage them, that they would hear your voice saying that you are my son, you are my daughter, and I love you. You can do this because I am with you. I am with you. I did not leave you. I did not forsake you. I will never leave you. Just hear the Father's voice over you tonight that's saying that I love you and you are not a disappointment. I'm not disappointed in you because you are tired. God is a Father that doesn't scold you because you're tired. He helps you. He picks you up. He gives you strength. He encourages you. Thank you, God, that you are the God of when we are weak, you are strong. And I pray that everybody who had their hands raised will experience that tonight. I pray they'll experience how they are lifted up in front of you. Lord, thank you that you love us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.